How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks, brought to you by BrewHoop.com, and also brought to you today by BetDSI.com. I'm Eric Name, and as always, I'm joined by Frank Madden. Frank, how are you? I'm phenomenal, Eric. I'm great. TJF, Bucks playing. Well, I, it's careful what you wish for. They got they have a back-to-back, which we'll talk about briefly here before we get into the rest of the mailbag, but back-to-back against... Home, another home game. This is the 14th of 21 games at home. So this is sort of the end of that that home-heavy stretch that we always have talked about mm-hmm. against the Atlanta Hawks. And then they go on the road to play the Wizards on Saturday. So um, could be an awesome weekend if they can pull off here. Or maybe not if they don't do that. I don't know. What do you think? Um. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a, it's a tough spot, I guess. The fact that both the hot like the Hawks are struggling badly right now. They won on Wednesday against the Heat, one hundred three ninety five. That was their first win in almost since Thanksgiving. Um, so two weeks since they had got a win. That was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven losses in a row uh, before that win against the Heat. Uh, so it's a Hawks team that that was struggling some. Obviously. The, um, they had some injuries there, and they'll still have at least one injury. Um, Baysmore uh, will be has been ruled out for the game against the Bucks, and it looks like it's unknown if Tim Hardaway Jr. will take part in Friday's game against the Bucks. So he left that game on Wednesday with a knee injury. So both Baysmore and his replacement, and then uh, Tiago Splitters out. So this is a team dealing with some injuries, a team that. You would think you could attempt to get a win or two off of. Um, so hopefully the Bucks can actually take care of business there. And then uh, with the Wizards, I mean they're they're struggling seven and thirteen on the season. So a lot of the times when you think of uh, of a back to back and the second night of a back to back on the road, uh, Sega Baba road game, you're you're not thinking there's much of a chance. But the Wizards are struggling so. So is I mean, back to backs aren't fun, but for teams that you could have back to backs against, these might be two of the better teams right now, right? Yeah, and I think if you're talking about playoff positioning, these are are two teams where uh, obviously you want to keep up your own momentum and and bank wins, you know, early in the season while you're playing well. But also important because dealing those teams specifically losses. Um, is extra valuable um, in order to kind of gain additional cushion. Obviously, can I tell you how people... big the smile on my face is right now that you just said when you're talking about playoff positioning? Like we're we're <laughs> month into the season and we have uh, we've turned a corner a little bit there that we're talking about playoffs. I'm totally cool with it. It makes sense right now, so let's do it. Yeah, and it's fascinating. I mean, I was looking at the Hawks. I mean, the Hawks were nine and two after they beat the Bucks yeah. uh, right before Thanksgiving and. 
I hadn't really been paying that much attention to what was happening with them. They've gone two and ten since then. They've lost seven of those games by double digits. Uh, they got blown out by the Raptors by 44 points. At, um, uh, that was on the road, sorry. Um, before that, they got blown out by 36 points at home by the Pistons. Um, so they had a, a 24-hour stretch. It was a back-to-back where they lost by, let's see, uh, 80 points combined. <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> I mean, That's brutal. Um, that, that, is, uh, that is not great. And the, the, the weird thing is when you look at what this team is, is like, uh, in terms of like the style of play, um, you know, you, you I, I still kind of think of them as, oh, there's this offense first team or, you know, and we know they became very good defensively last year. They had a great defense after the all-star break, um, playing kind of a more aggressive style. Some, you know, with some similarities to the Bucks. Um, but you, I, I don't know. I still think of them as like the offensive team from, from that 60 win season a few years ago. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're 26th in offense right now, third in defense. <laughs> um, they, over the last 15 games, they're dead last in offense, 11th in defense. Um, and so, you know, and over the last 10 games, they're 30th in offense and 20th in defense. So things have just kind of gone off the rails, which, you know, I, I mean, granted we can, we can say, well, you know, they've kind of maybe lost their identity a bit. They're a very different team with Dwight Howard. And, you know, as much as Dwight Howard's numbers have been good, you know, you know, I'd, well, I'll put on my Jeremy Schmidt hat <laughs> and say, you know, maybe maybe Dwight and, and, and the change that he's affected in their style of play maybe has not been constructive uh, compared to, you know, when they had Al Horford. Um, obviously, Jeff Teague replaced by Dennis Schroeder and, and not really replaced in the rotation per se. And Malcolm Delaney, I think, has been good for an unheralded rookie. But um, again, obviously, you know, overall, you, you have concerns there. And, you know, it just kind of seems like a lot of guys just not having as good a season. You know, Paul Melsop, not not quite the, the star quality um, advanced metrics that we're used to seeing. So um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see to see them. I haven't watched a game of theirs since they played the Bucks last time. I'm curious to sort of see it up close and um, kind of a similar story for the Wizards, a team that, um, you know, the Hawks started really well and then sort of hit this big tailspin. The Wizards have just been kind of meh um, all season and obviously lots to talk about them, you know, not liking each other uh, and and maybe not having the depth that, that they need. I know Mar- Martian Gortat called out the bench, which I'm sure was good for the locker room uh, a <laughs> couple weeks ago. So, um, so yeah, two two very vulnerable teams. Two teams that uh, probably thought they were going to be better than the Bucks before the yeah. season. Um, teams that I would have figured would have ha- would have uh, ended up ahead of the Bucks in the standings. Um, but certainly, right now, teams that are looking up at the Bucks in the standings. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting too. You said I haven't watched a Hawks game since whenever it was the last time they played the Bucks or whatever, and I I think to myself, man, when I like on league pass, the Hawks used to be a team I would search out because their ball movement was so great. They had so many guys that I enjoyed watching play basketball and they played so well together and they were just fun. And yeah, that team's not there anymore. <laughs> and, and it is kind of as drastic as, as you were saying with the, the crazy changes they've made both offensively and defensively, their personnel's all over the place. So yeah, it's, it's a different team. And uh, after starting the season hot, they've really struggled. And 
I, I guess maybe that means you want to take a look at some of the lines for that game, and you can do that at betdsi.com. And I think you told me before the Bucks are three-point favorites, um, which should also speak to, I mean, obviously they're the home team, so you get a little bit of a bump, of a bump there, but uh, the Bucks are favorite it favorites over the Hawks and it's just kind of strange to see but uh, with BetDSI.com they've been in the business for over 20 years. Uh, They have a great special for basketball. You can sign up today and get $10 free to try their service. Uh, BetDSI is also offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit and with them you can use our promo code it's bucks B-U-C-K-S 10 um, and you'll get a free wager so again that's bucks 10 and with them, like I said last time, you can do stuff in-game. Uh, you can bet on pretty much every NBA game, and you can just check it all out on their site. Uh, last time, I told you that you should pound the over. Um, and if you did, you did well. Um, this time, wow, I don't know if I have any recommendations because I don't love – I don't think I love that number very much. Uh 208 is the over and the Hawks have just been bad offensively and I don't I don't have any I felt very good about the over last time I don't feel good about anything this time Frank so it, you're not going to uh start a one of those one of those like 900 numbers where you give uh betting tips or whatever I mean I don't, I'd have to look at some other lines but re- I'm not feeling great <laughs> about a buck specific line no <laughs> Do you remember when that was like a thing back in the day? I mean, I never knew anybody who ever tried that, but I was always fascinated that oh, it's there still were actually a thing. The, that, is the, it is it still a thing? Those okay. guys still exist, yeah. Okay, well, you know that's that's weird, um, but yeah, I'm just curious, go to the internet. Uh, the internet's way better. Go to that DSI. <laughs> like, you got it. Like you don't need anything else. Exactly. Well, that, yeah. I mean, you just you you, you can. Well, you got Eric Name telling you when to pound the over, <laughs> um, and then you can go you can go act on it at Bet DSI. Um, interesting. The the Hawks are. 28th in the league in three-point percentage right now, 32.1%, basically right around where the Bucks' opponent three-point percentage is, which is uh, leading the league, and, and that's encouraging. But um, yeah, as we mentioned, the uh, opponent three-point uh, rate and frequency uh, is last in the league, so teams are chucking more threes than than uh, against the Bucks than any other team. Um, and I guess it it's probably has to be an NBA like all-time record because every year teams shoot more threes. So if you're last in the league this year, you're probably last in the league in the history of the league, I'm guessing. I haven't yeah. checked. But um, but they're averaging a little over, I think, three or four more three-pointers allowed per game. Um, so I, I continue to be fascinated to see uh, how that number will evolve over time and, and will Will teams begin to, you know, will we see some mean reversion there? They they ducked the Spurs, right? We were worried about the Spurs because they came in leading the league in three-point percentage. Yep. Um, I think they were under 30%. And then uh, uh, the Blazers obviously got hot, especially in that first half. And you, I, 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 of course, was sitting there thinking, yep, this, this, this. <laughs> There are going to be some nights like this. Teams are not going to miss forever, um, even with the the great contest numbers the Bucks have had. So, um, so it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, the Hawks don't uh, don't get back to their their hot shooting ways uh, on on Friday because uh, yeah, they've they've sucked from three point range and they they might as well just continue to to not be good from there. As far as I'm concerned, uh, honestly, Kyle Korver Kyle Korver's under forty percent. So. Um, you know they're kind of kind of in a slump. Honestly, if I would have had a guess, I would have guessed the contest rate in the first half for the Bucks against uh, against the Blazers was awful, and I would have guessed the second half contest rate was a little bit better. Um, 
I, I thought they made Lillard and McCollum work a little bit harder. And I know after the game, Kid mentioned putting Tony Snell on them a little bit more and trying to get some more length and do some of those things. But uh, I'd be interested in like half to half kind of things. But uh, I guess any Bucks specific things you're looking for in the in this two game back to back weekend set because um, we've kind of just talked Hawks. We've talked Wizards a little bit. Is there anything you're looking for with the Bucks in in this weekend? Well, I guess you know it always starts with with Giannis and Jabari, and um, I think especially interested with uh, with Giannis um, against Atlanta. I thought Kent Bazemore actually did a, a pretty respectable job. Giannis still put up. Uh, I think he he was still over 20 points um, in in Atlanta, but um, I thought he did a pretty good job of trying to keep Giannis honest. Um, I think a lot of times, uh, sort of these smaller guys who can move their feet and then just back off Giannis often do the best job defending him 26 um, 15 and 7 yeah so he still got his numbers but i thought Bazemore actually did okay yeah. um and Bazemore looks like he'll he's out um you know his replacement in the starting lineup tim hardaway may be out um thabo Cephalosha wasn't did not play in that game in atlanta um i guess he's back so maybe he's going to be the guy that that tries to slow down Giannis. he's obviously historically been at least uh you know considered a good defender so we'll be interesting to see uh if uh, if any of those guys can can kind of slow Giannis down a bit but um yeah we'll we'll be interested to see i'm uh, you know uh, I, the Giannis is scoring I, I find really fascinating because you know him being a, a really efficient 25 point per game scorer i think puts him in a different or and i don't know if it i, I don't know if, it, if this is like my um nba fan perspective just sort of like overrating scoring because that's just what people do um but it would be cool if Giannis could be that kind of high volume scorer versus a 20 point per game scorer right um i don't think we doubt what that it? he can be what's that what it like, because aren't you sacrifice? Like, you're not gonna if you're getting twenty five a night, you're not getting the assist every night, right? Why not? Okay, no, that's fine. Why not? Especially, no. especially yeah, this sure. year without, especially this year without you know really you know without Middleton, without guys who demand touches and usage, uh, you know Snell and Delavadova and Henson starting with them. Screw it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't well. know if he's. I don't know if he's, you know, I, I don't, to be clear, I don't think he's going to average that many points a game this year, but I'm just saying, um, to be considered like in that like crazy superstar level, I mean, that's what all those guys do, right? I mean, I'm not saying he needs to be Westbrook just chucking and, and being inefficient, um, which Westbrook's been kind of inefficient of late, even though the, the raw numbers are obviously incredible. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, am I, I, let me, well, I'll say this. I certainly hope that the rest of this year that if Giannis can say around 22, I'd be, I'd be thrilled. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, teams will, I guess, try different things, I, I guess. And, um, and we'll see if, if the scouting report evolves, I think obviously if his three point shot becomes a bit more consistent, that would obviously be very helpful. Um, I'm trying to think what I'm interested in, I guess if Mirza plays again, um, <laughs> That yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say because Beasley's questionable, which is basically like the first Bucks injury of the regular season. Yeah, I didn't. It'll be interesting with Bees too because he seemed very unconcerned uh, after the game on Wednesday when we talked to him for a little bit. But that is kind of Beasley's way. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, when has Beasley ever been concerned? Like he's that's just kind of his style. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he'll play or not. Um, if Mirza will get back in the rotation. Um, if Rashad will play, because uh, Rashad didn't really do a heck of a lot with his minutes uh, the 
when he did get a chance here on Wednesday. So uh, that will that will all be interesting to me. And then actually, I'm trying to th- getting to see Dwight Howard play this time because uh, the first time he didn't play that night, it was Mike Muscala, I believe, at center. Is that right? Yep. Um, so getting to see maybe a little Monroe Howard action, maybe a little Henson Howard action. Uh, that that will be intriguing to me uh, to see whatever this version of the Hawks are to see a more real version of it. Cause I don't think we got really a good look at it the first time around. So um, that'll be interesting to me, but I think that's going to be it for this preview. And like I said, we recorded the mailbag already. Um, so this is part two of the mailbag. And if I'm not mistaken, it's 40 ish minutes. So this is going to be super size Friday mailbag preview edition and go ahead space it out a little bit if you want if you want to listen on friday and saturday i'm cool with that if you want to listen to it all on friday that's great we'll have it up you can do whatever you want with it so um unless do you have any objections frank do you have anything else nope strap on your mailbag helmet and uh let's do this all right sounds good we'll do that all right uh all the bucks who's a good follow on twitter uh asked uh would be interesting to hear your t- what you think about the comments from kid and subtle plays from Giannis regarding Dirk. Um, th- there's this, I think people may have seen it. There's the kid kind of had these comments. I think it was in the context of Giannis working out with, uh, you know, Dirk's Dirk and Dirk's coach or whatever in Germany, potentially, mm-hmm. uh, and everybody then getting all like, you know, you know, in a tizzy over the possibility of Giannis magically learning to shoot from, you know, a random German dude, um, which I don't, I don't buy it. Like whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, uh, to be honest, I did so. And and Kid had this comment like, "Oh, Le- you know, they're talking about LeBron and and Kid and Kid is all week. He's been dropping some big, putting Giannis in some big company. And he kind of made something like saying like, oh, wouldn't it be basically when I saw this quote, I thought of that that thing from um, the social network where where uh, Justin Timberlake's character says like a million dollars isn't cool. You know, what's cool. A billion dollars. It's like, oh, you know, you know, what's cool. A hybrid of Dirk and LeBron. It's like whatever. I mean, that wasn't a, that wasn't his exact quote, but uh, but it was kind of like, okay, Giannis is never going to be a hybrid of Dirk and LeBron. So I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Jason Kidd's just screwing with us, basically. That's that's my take. And if that you know gets Giannis some more hype and gets him in the All Star game or gets him more fan votes or whatever, then that's cool. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not putting anything in it. it. It was fascinating. Last week was just everyone decided to. Uh flip the switch on Giannis, including Jason Kidd. Um, so that was interesting. Um, I, I know that night that the Dirk and LeBron combo question kind of got asked. I know it was it was Windhorst, and Brian was trying to ask, is there a model for developing Giannis? And it was just so strange to hear Dirk mentioned because it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he's never, he's never going to be Dirk. That's just not the the type of game he has, and that there could like there's no doubt that he could improve as a shooter going forward. Um, but Dirk has been, I think, an elite shooter since the moment he stepped on an NBA court, um, and I, that's just not Giannis. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't know. I don't understand that that that, that line of thought. But whatever, Giannis hype is is fun. Um, Let's do this one more Giannis hype. Jay Rutkowski asked, your Giannis odds for this year and next. All-star, 
All-NBA and MVP. Preseason, when we talked with, let's see, who did we talk with? We uh, talked to Brett and Ian, Ian Levy and... Who else did we talk um, to? I'm trying to think. Was it was it Prada? Was it Mike Prada? Oh yeah, it the, was Mike Prada. Um, yeah. We talked about whether or not the Bucks should have an All Star this year, and I think it was pre Middleton injury. Um, it could have been post, but I think it was pre Middleton injury, and I put it at seventy percent as a, the Bucks getting an All Star this year, and I'm feeling quite good about that because I maybe would bump up to eighty percent on Giannis being an All Star this year um just because there can still be strange things like he's undoubtedly an all-star in the eastern conference but it's fan voting things can go wrong um you would hope a coach would rectify it and put him on the squad but you never know there um odds for all nba i don't think it's very good um maybe he could get a third team so i'll put it at like 20 percent um mvp this year next to none maybe two percent um and then next year if you i'm assuming that's the way i should do this um next year all-star 95 percent all nba 40 percent mvp 15 (laughs) percent it's it just occurred to me that you you said there's a 15 percent chance that Giannis could be mvp next year that's a pretty. It's pretty awesome that you can say that, and it's not like. I don't. Think, I don't think it's like crazy. That's yeah, not, that's not that crazy. Um, <laughs> I'll take a shot. Yeah, I think eighty percent. I mean, just like you know. Um, well, I guess if we can ignore injury, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter if he plays. It's just if he gets picked. Um, uh, yeah, eighty percent probably feels about right. I mean, if the Bucks like went on like some horrible losing streak and. Um, you know, I don't know. We'd have to we'd have to double check the the roster. I think we we did do a quick math on it a while ago, and it just doesn't seem like there are enough kind of guys in in kind of forwards in the in the East to push him out of the All Star conversation. Especially because there's there aren't like really great teams right now. You know, I mean, yep. like you've got DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, um, and obviously LeBron. And probably Kevin Love, I guess, because of uh, the Cavs' success. Like, I guess those four are, you know, and obviously they play different positions. But, you know, those four guys from the good to really good teams are going to make it in the East. And then it's kind of like, you know, I I guess Paul George will make it. But it's not like you're going to say Paul George makes it over Giannis because his team's like infinitely better or something like that. You know, like after those guys... um, Giannis's sort of statistical domination <laughs> kind of uh, probably is going to swamp a lot of other guys. Like like Paul Paul Millsap isn't having you know like statistically a big year for instance a guy mm-hmm. like that. Um, and you know who else you know there there really aren't guys that like jump to mind. Like Batum is you know a really good player, but are you going to pick Batum and his like you know he doesn't score that much? You're just going to pick a guy like that over Giannis? Like no, like no. Even if even if his team's a bit better, so so yeah, I think Giannis like eighty eighty five percent. Just you know things get through. By the way, isn't it all coaches voting? It's not just the right. It's I thought it was. Oh, like is the, it that that could be? I'm I trying to, so. I'm trying to think, think how. Oh, maybe yeah, ML. Maybe baseball is just the yeah. manager. You could be right. I, I'm. Yeah, I'm okay, pretty sure. I'm, I'm like ninety five percent. It's just a coach's vote, so that oh, okay. that obviously helps. Um, let's see. Um, all NBA this year. Um, I mean, considering there are three teams, 
Um, I'd say maybe, I don't know, I'd have to look at the players, but I, I don't think it's trivial, you know. I think maybe it's like a 15, 20% thing. Um, I think statistically there's a great chance he'll be deserving. I think it's just a question of his, mm-hmm. you know, it's like rep- reputation-wise, blah, blah, blah. Does, does he make it? Um, and then uh, next year, All-Star. See, I don't think, I, I mean, Giannis is knock on wood, like always been healthy, but you never know, right? If he misses like half, like the 20 games to start the season or something like that, like there's always a chance of that and then he's not going to be an all-star. Um, next year, I'll say, I'll say similar, like 80, 85%, you know, oh, okay. I mean, I, I think on production wise, he'll be, you would certainly hope he'll be a lock, but, um, but we'll see. I, I'm the one thing I'm really interested in is it, does Giannis become a guy that with this kind of hype swirling and, and people's sort of fascination with him and the fact that he has such a unique and like really fun game and he's athletic and, and all this stuff, like does he become a guy that fans just like vote for, you know, like push yeah. comes to shove, like do people just, yeah, Giannis, like he's awesome. That guy's awesome. Um, I, I mean, I don't expect that this year, but, but it'll be interesting to see maybe if he starts getting a bump this year, I'm curious to see where he finishes in the rankings. Um, next year, all NBA, yeah, I don't know, twenty five percent, forty percent. I don't know, something like that. I, again, it's I'd have to really look at at the rosters just because guys like Draymond and Durant and LeBron probably next year are still going to be guys that you know are going to have role. Like they're they're always going to make those teams. And you throw yeah. Jimmy Butler in, and you know, yeah. And I don't know if Giannis's weird malleability like helps. I, it probably helps my guess because you can kind of put him wherever you want. I mean. Um, I don't know. Like he's he's easy to sort of shoehorn into any type of lineup, um, which I think also helps the uh, the All Star game stuff. Um, and then MVP next year, um, I'll probably go lower than you. I mean, I'll say like ten percent or something like that. It's really hard to win MVP. Yes, it is. Uh, a lot and a lot of narrative stuff has to go your way. But um, I mean, basically, the Bucks would have to win fifty plus games. And, you know, he would have to he would probably have to be like in the like 25 points. And because the thing is, too, his numbers are not going to are probably even next year. You know, Russell Westbrook's probably going to put up better, better kind of like just points, rebounds, assist numbers than him. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of de- unfairly devalues what he's doing um, because a lot of what he does is more efficient. He's obviously more of a game changer defensively. So I think the winning thing and and being part of like, oh, this Bucks team that just makes this huge leap. Yeah. I think that's that's pretty pretty important. Um so yeah. Well, let's get some more some questions. We're, we're we've gone on pretty late. Um Chris K, CRK one, uh, we talked about all the wonderful things about Giannis, and Chris brings up the probably the most obvious downside, and I as I said the other day, probably the most frustrating thing about his game, not just his um, not not as sh- I would argue more so than his shooting. Um, Chris asks, when is Giannis going to stop picking up dumb fouls? Eric, is, is Giannis going to stop picking up dumb fouls at some point? I certainly hope so. Uh, he has to be very aware of the problem. Um, it's gotten to the point now where I don't, he knows that he's got to stop doing it. Um, I do think there there's a certain aspect of him getting... He doesn't do it offensively. He seems pretty cool and calm offensively, but defensively, when he gets matched up on on some of the better guys in the league, he gets a little bit too excited and tries to do a little bit too much. Um, the other night you mentioned in our podcast yesterday about how he's putting two hands on Kawhi, and it's just like, 
come on, man. Like, what, are you, what are you doing? That's going to be called a foul 10 out of 10 times. There, there's just no reason for it. And I guess the biggest thing with him is we're seeing him stop some of them. Like, I don't think I've seen him take the the European transition foul this year in a while. Um, he, may, he may have done it a couple games, but I'm struggling to think of him doing it almost every game. And last year it felt like every game he was picking up one of those those fouls that's very popular in European basketball where you foul to stop a transition opportunity. And I don't think we're seeing that quite as much as Giannis. So that has been taken out, but he d- he does need to figure out when he can reach, uh, how he can reach, who he can reach against. Um, and he's got to find a, a certain level of restraint in his aggressiveness. And obviously he's a very aggressive defender right now. And that's leading to, two plus steals and blocks per game but he does need to find where that line is and how he can still affect games defensively without taking himself out of games yeah i mean his foul rate he was at he led the nba in total fouls last year 3.2 per game um interestingly he's up to 3.8 per game uh in fewer minutes so he's at 5.4 fouls per 48 4.4 last year but he's uh, there are four players who are above him in terms of total fouls in the nba so far um, they've all played more games than him as well. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins actually is, uh, and Chris Stapps, uh, interestingly, are the only guys who are uh, tied or ahead of him in terms of fouls per game. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, part of obviously the issue is, uh, you know, like how do you cut it, cut down on that without taking away his edge or whatever. But I think the frustrating part is that he doesn't really pick up as that many. I mean, it seems like he picks up a lot of his fouls unnecessarily um, and just sort of like not mm-hmm. being aware of like, you know, the sit game situation. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just sort of like being more disciplined, having better, you know, kind of awareness and things like that. Um, because yeah, just sometimes, especially I I feel like he should never commit a foul. Well, you could say this for, for any player, but a guy, especially with his length, he doesn't need to pick up a pile 25 feet from the basket. Just, there's no reason for that to happen. Yeah. Um, and frequently he just seems to want to get up into guys and it's like, okay, you know, uh, I, I get like just you want to apply pressure, but um, but yeah, it's it's a it, it's been a bit of an issue. Um, let's keep going here. Uh, we talked about a bit about Tony Snell. Griffin Gross asks, uh, from what we've seen, what do you expect Snell to get in free agency? Plus, what his role will be next year? Uh, his role is easy: play you know fifteen minutes per game off the bench. Uh, Jason Terry's up. role. Yeah. Um, and maybe, and maybe also taking, who knows, maybe taking some of Michael Beasley's, uh, small forward minutes. Cause it seems like Beasley's pretty much mostly played small forward. Um, so that, that would be kind of the other obvious one in terms of what he gets. It's fascinating. Um, that's really tough. Cause I mean, he's one of these weird players who's his numbers stink right now. Um, as we said, shooting 28% preview, you know, in the, the other question we had, um, I think he's a solid defender. Um, you know, but uh, I mean, it's not like he has a a, a resume that that you're going to overpay for. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I certainly would hope you could sign him for less than than ten million, which is kind of the going rate for you know, kind of useful rotation guys. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was gonna say before he got to Milwaukee, or I should say, like as he got to Milwaukee as the trade was happening and I think Windhorse reported that the Bucks were thinking about an extension. 
in my mind, I was kind of imagining like four for twenty four or four yeah, for that, twenty eight. Like that's that's exactly what I four for twenty four would have been like very nice because you don't have to be really good <laughs> to correct. justify that. Correct. Um, and yeah, I mean, if 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 you gave him ten million a year, I'd be like, you don't need to do that. Like there. I mean, again, really... everyone wants three and D wings, but well, he should first bring the three. Um, yeah. And then, I, I, and he's restricted, right? So, I mean, I think yeah. the Bucks will probably play that we're going to match stuff card, um, and then we'll see if anybody even wants to bother, right? But I mean, you hope that the Bucks don't to pull another Plumley situation. <laughs> say, oh, what? Nobody, <laughs> nobody's willing to sign you. Yeah, here's you know the like tippy top end of your market range and then we have to say like oh mozgov got this like no that's how stuff gets inflated you pick like bad comps and then you just pay at the top end like eh. when you, as soon as you said restricted free agency and set uh yeah that was that was immediately what my mind went to so yeah hopefully that doesn't occur again um i guess what even would be his tip is tennis tippy top like Ugh. I just can't figure out. They, they can't what. overpay. I mean, the thing is, you just can't overpay. I mean, you can't pay everybody at the top end of their market. Like all these Correct. guys are coming off their rookie deals, right? Yeah. Um. And right now, your rotation has what? How many guys on rookie deals? Let's ignore Giannis because he's obviously going on to his 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 big contract next year. You've got Jabari still on his rookie deal, up for an extension this summer. You've got Brogdon, first year of a three year, very very cheap contract. Um. Are we missing any other rotation players? Because Vaughn and Thon no. obviously are not playing. Um, I don't think you're missing any. So, I mean, it's just it's just something I've said before. I mean, you know, we can talk about paying guys market value, blah blah blah, but you also cannot just pay your entire roster, you know, fifteen million dollars a year plus a couple of top end guys more than that. I mean, I mean, you can't math. you can't give a whole roster market value like that's the no like no. you there do need to be some guys on the roster that are either cheap. underpaid or just cheap or rookie deal yeah rookie deals right yeah underpaid um, yeah so it, it's a tough balance I think the Del Vidova deal ended up I think that's gonna it seems like a, a very solid deal um, given that he's you know a guy who can chew up you know he's kind of an innings eater um, with this with this team given the fit with with Giannis. Um, Toledovich, we'll see. You know, like he, I think he needs to play more to really earn um, his ten million a year. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll be interested to see what uh, what happens with Snell. I, I do think he'll be back because um, it's kind of natural to let Terry go. We'll see what happens with Beasley. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, next question on the topic of extensions: If the season ended today, this is from Chris P. Bacon. Uh, his handle is your buddy Pat. Chris, I don't know why, why that's your handle, but um, maybe you can explain it to us. I think it's first well because crispy bacon. Oh, <laughs> crispy bacon. Do you, do you got it now? Yeah, that, yeah, I'm not a very intelligent. I'd person. assume his name is Pat, and crispy bacon is a fun handle that he's u- or a fun name that he's using. If I had a guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh we're recording this all in one shot we we had a uh we, we took us about 45 minutes to figure out if, uh, how to get skype to work today so just bear with me so pat probably <laughs> sadly your name is not crispy bacon that, that's like the whole uh old um bart simpson what is wasn't that a simpsons thing part like calling in and asking for fake names at, like, ip part freely um yeah. yeah there's some other ones yeah, yeah so crispy bacon um uh, 
if the season if the season ended today, would Jabari P. Arker uh, receive the max contract? Uh, that was from that was my bad joke, not not Pat's. Um, would Jabari receive a max contract? What is your prediction? No, I don't. I don't even think it's a question, honestly. I think the moment that Giannis signed below a max was the moment Jabari isn't getting a max. Uh, I would probably agree. Yeah, I think that set a very helpful bar. Um, so I kind of wonder if Jabari doesn't doesn't just get the exact same number, you know? That, yeah, um, that could be. I think that's I think that's politically probably. I mean, I don't think anybody with eyes um, and an awareness of basketball would say that Jabari is is you know as good of a prospect or ever will be as good a player as as Giannis is. Maybe even right now, probably yeah, as even right now, he's not going to ever be as good as Giannis is right now. Um, sorry, but uh, but. He could still be very good, hopefully, question mark. Uh, he's obviously very talented. Uh, if you don't want to pay him, I would imagine there will be a team that, given his age and his pedigree and his scoring, that there would be a team that would throw max money at him eventually, not yeah. this summer, because he won't be a free agent until the following year. But um, but I think his quote-unquote market, you know, <laughs> and I hate that term for the reasons we just mentioned, but I think, you know, that that he would command if he wanted to uh, a ton of money, um, yep. more than four years a hundred uh, probably. But but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think I think you maybe try to get to the same number as that you got with Giannis. I think Giannis would would be okay with that. Um, I think Jabari can would obviously could feel good about that. It wouldn't be like he was taking some huge discount to you know pay Giannis infinitely more, which um, you know probably would be more fair. But I don't know. So yeah. Probably, probably not a max, but but he could probably command it if he was on the open market. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I I just think that Giannis signing up for less than the max was a relative. I, I mean, you don't want to overrate stuff, but it felt like a significant moment. Like, and the the moments after the press conference with with Giannis talking about it, and John Hammond talking about it, and Giannis's agent Alex Stratsis talking about it. All of them mentioned, yeah, this is a nice thing for a team when guys take a little bit less money than if you have three good guys that take less money than maybe they deserve, you can get a guy like Delhi. Um, and it, it, I guess all the talking points obviously kind of fit together. Like you had the Delhi signing, you had Giannis take less, you had Chris take less the summer before, you had all those things. So you could obviously perfectly fit those talking points together. But as I said immediately after Giannis signed that extension, if you're not seeing in neon lights, Jabari, you're not getting a max. Like if you didn't see that, that to me, that seemed like the. Uh, again, obviously, everyone was celebrating Giannis, uh, celebrating getting Giannis extended. But to me, that was the major takeaway that, hey, this is how things are done here in Milwaukee. Chris took less. Giannis took less. You're going to take less. Um, so, again, that that's kind of the way I've thought about it since then. But um, it, there there could be a problem with that. Maybe Jabari thinks he deserves a max. Like, like That could be a thing but uh, i just don't i don't see him receiving a max contract uh when that ex- when that period that you can extend guys comes up yeah and i think actually um i've heard this in my kind of in the, my mention scenes on my time a little bit like about jabari like how he feels about Giannis and his sort of explosion um i don't know my view is i don't think jabari actually minds it 
we've talked about Jabari not really being a guy that loves interviews. Um, the, he doesn't really love talking about his game necessarily. He does not. I think you, you talked about how last year when he had the 36-point game against the Rockets and they won, and he basically just ducked out rather than to talk about it. Um, he did. Which is, is kind of interesting. I, don't, I mean, you kind of think of him as being this really polished guy, but he does kind of have his awkwardness around, especially talking about basketball. I think he likes talking about you know, some of the social issue stuff. I think he likes talking <laughs> about that. Anything other than basketball. Anything other than basketball. To talk to you about. Yeah, and I think he's, I mean, I think that goes to just sort of the type of person he is. I think he's a very, you know, and it, it gets to his religion and sort of the person he is. I think he's a he's a very humble guy who, um, I mean, we saw it. He was, we thought he was going to be kind of a chucker as a rookie and he was way more, he seemed to be way more interested in kind of fitting in and and, yes. and trying to be a good teammate than I think we expected. Um, so I think he actually, I don't know. I mean, we'll see, right? You never know with, with age and stuff like that, but um but I, I think he would be fine, you know, especially um, I think he I mean, you hope that he feels good with, with where he is with this team and the franchise and the city. Um, um, but I, I don't think he minds, you know, quote unquote, taking a backseat to Giannis. You know, I mean, he's still especially this year getting a lot of opportunities. I think the more interesting question is, you know, with, with Middleton coming back, you know, does Jabari. I mean, I think Jabari is the one who would. Uh, you know, potentially, you know, especially like we've seen here with him getting some playmaking chances down the stretch of games. I mean, Giannis isn't the guy who loses actions or loses, you know, plays, right? It's It would be Jabari, I think, who might be a little bit more marginalized, which we've seen he can perform. I mean, he's, he averaged basically the same number of points he's averaging now. Baseline, um, Exactly, which we haven't seen as much, and that was without him really sh- shooting threes as well as, mm-hmm. and as often as he has now. So, um, the corners can extend the baseline. That's fine. I'm yeah, okay exactly. With that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wisco Scoot asks. No, what? I want to save that one. We got to get Jeremy's oh. here. Okay, Jeremy Schmidt, Mister Buxkabal. Not listening to this podcast because I think Jeremy is Jeremy's sort of like metaphorically walking the earth, cleansing himself of his basketball involvement. I don't think he's watching much basketball right now. Uh, he asked, "Is Dwight Howard the missing piece for Milwaukee?" Duh, obviously. And yes. as as background, Jeremy despised <laughs> the idea of the Bucks going after Dwight Howard last spring when that kind of kept getting. I'm so floated. happy we have that. Like that yeah. that occurred and that. That Jeremy got because it was wildly entertaining. I love, and I'm I'm pleased that Jeremy actually was looking on Twitter and saw, yeah, what I tweeted and actually responded. Um, you know, I don't think Dwight. Well, of course, Jeremy's <laughs> screwing around. Well, actually, here's a question though: um, if Dwight Howard was just like thrown into this lineup, and let let's just, oh, you wow. know, okay. Let, let let's say i mean this wasn't the decision well actually let's say miles Plumley goes away because that's reasonable right like yeah. i mean you you wouldn't have given miles Plumley a lot of money if you had figured out a way to sign dwight howard um if dwight howard is on this team instead of miles Plumley, how much better are the bucks or are they not because of chemistry or, or something like that what do you think so i still have monroe and henson yeah oh man um I think Dwight's given you better minutes than Henson. For sure. Well, and obviously Plumlee, right? Well, I don't, yes. Um, so I'm rolling out Dwight and Moose. Uh, the Bucks are better. I think, yeah, I, I don't know if significantly better, um, but I don't they'd know. Be, they'd be more annoying as well. <laughs> they most certainly would. Um, 
Yeah, they'd be better. Um, maybe they win one or two more of those games uh, where they came out and were just garbage. Maybe Dwight's able to pick, help pick them up a little bit offensively. Um, yeah, they'd be better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not like significantly and obviously with his age. and A little bit on the margins. Of, maybe like a win or two. Yeah. 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 See, Jeremy, we give an, we give a uh, uh, a serious answer to your sarcastic <laughs> question. Um, what other questions do we have? We, you want to save that no, one, right? Wisco um, Scoop. We can do that. I think that's the last one. I just want. I didn't want to end on Jeremy's joke question. Yeah, we and we had a bunch more. So apologies. I mean, it, it's been. Thank you to everybody uh, for for submitting. Like I got like a hundred notifications when I opened up my computer <laughs> after dinner here. Um, but uh, so thanks for for uh, everybody for for shouting out and and asking. But um, we'll we'll just do one more here, and and we'll hopefully get to to more next time. But uh, Wisco Scoot asks, um, what piece does this team need most to improve moving forward? There's the there's a clever answer to this, and then there's the normal like a a, a traditional <laughs> answer to this. Can I say one that I love this question? Yeah, I, I think. This is a very Steve Von Horn question. This would get at the process of building a team. And so I love it. Thank you, Wisco Scoot. Um, This is great. So what piece does this team need most to improve moving forward? The snarky answer, Chris Middleton. Um, there it was that was it that was the <laughs> that was the little snide clever like oh mm, yeah. the best guy to add is actually on the roster already mm. uh that was a good uh vintage conan voice there well done um what piece does this team need um wing depth is obviously it, I, I mean we talked about it earlier wing depth is always needed period no matter no matter how many wings you have, you can always use more. Um, so I, I think that would be a big thing. Um, a more talented point guard, um, and and I don't even know if talent is the right word because I do think both Brogdon and Delhi are quite skilled, but maybe they're skilled because they're not the the athletes that they need to be. So uh, maybe just like a super athletic, quick point guard. Um, that would be a, a fun just just so there'd be a change of pace at point guard because right now bring him off the bench even right because because I mean, yeah because right now you're bringing in you're bringing in Delhi for Delhi like Brogdon and Delhi are <laughs> essentially for all I mean I mean they're they're very similar players and everyone has their preference Delhi Brogdon whatever um, but. They're very similar players, so you, there's no change of pace there. So if one guy, if Delhi's struggling to cover somebody, well, Brogdon's probably not going to come in and be able to take care of business. Like they're they're both going to struggle, and if the offense is struggling because the other point guard is smothering Delhi, well, Brogdon's not going to be the answer there. So um, a change of pace there would be nice. Um, By the way, let me add. Um, Trent Mills had another question. Well, I'll, I'll sneak it in here. He had asked how long until Brogdon overtakes Delhi, or doesn't he? Um, I don't even know if it matters because they both play a good chunk of minutes. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if it it's really that important. I mean, I think I think Delhi makes sense with Giannis, but I think if Brogdon, you know, sort of uh, continues to shoot three pointers pretty well, then then he also can make a lot of sense with Giannis. Although um, I think Delhi 
for the most part, Delhi running offense late in games, I've, I've generally been pretty happy with him playing with Giannis. I think he's been a good compliment. So um, I don't know. I don't think you need to shake anything up. Agreed. And and I mean, it's what, 28 minutes to 20 minutes between the two of them. So literally yeah. they are playing all 48 minutes at the point guard position pretty much. So um, I, I don't think that change would need to be made. Like, I don't think those eight minutes need to shift in any way. I think delegating eight more than Brogdon's fine. Um, and I guess with, with Delhi, I think, I don't think Brogdon's quite the playmaker Delhi is yet. And you mentioned some of that late game stuff. Um, so getting back to the question, uh, which was what piece does this team need most to improve moving forward? Um, an idealized John Henson, maybe um, like a guy that actually does protect the rim and does some good rim running consistently. And maybe that guy is John Henson. Uh, he's in the middle of one of those streaks where he, one of those stretches where he looks like a, a productive basketball player, but um, that would probably be good as well. Um, how about, how about an idealized thon maker? Perfect. Yes. Hundred percent. That, That's a way better your, answer than mine. Yes. As a uh, mm, maybe it would just be Thon Maker. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, as you were saying, idealized John Henson. I was thinking, like, man, what if, what if you had Miles Turner and you know you had a guy who blocked shots, rebounded, yep. had some offensive skill, and also could shoot from the perimeter a bit. That would be pretty pretty awesome. And that is idealized um, Thon. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and and I think Miles is always going to be more of a legit center than Thon, and we still yeah. haven't. We're still, I think, a ways from feeling like Thon is going to defend NBA fives consistently. But at least there's, I think, a a an, an abstraction of the idea of of Thon being yes. a uh, having you know being able to run him as a five or whatever uh, positionless basketball uh, <laughs> with with Giannis and, and company. Um, any other ideas for pieces that you would think would uh, most improve the team going forward? Yeah, I mean, the obvious one we talked about, I mean, the the clear hole in the Bucks roster right now is, well, I wouldn't say the old ops, but, but clearly shooting guard, you know, slash wing depth and shooting is, is the big one. So obviously mm. getting Milton back helps a lot. Um, I think beyond that, I mean, the one position where you really don't have, there are two positions where you really don't have anybody who's an above average starter and that's center and and point guard. So those are the easy ones, or you know, guys that don't project as yeah. as above average starters. Uh, and you know, with point guard, I mean, the thing about point guard is that th- there is a <laughs> a rich history of kind of role playing point guards playing on great teams as you know, sort of guys who just stay out of the way and knock down jumpers and mm-hmm. defend a bit. You know, I mean, like the, the you know the Derek Fishers of the world. I mean, friggin' Avery Johnson, you know, want to, I mean, he couldn't even shoot with, with the Spurs. Um, any Bulls their first point title. guard, any, any heat, Bulls point guard, any ever. Heat point guard. Yeah. Mario Chalmers, Norris Cole. Yeah. I mean, there's a long history of, of if you have great enough wings and obviously the thesis is Giannis is that guy that, uh, you know, you don't need the ball dominant, uh, sh- you know, point guard. Um, it, I think it would be nice if, you know, if, if you could find a guy who is maybe more of a knockdown shooter, like a guy who, because Delhi, I feel, is still a guy who who needs some room. Like he's shooting when he's yeah. open. He's not shooting, you know, over top of guys. Although he did have that like one pull up in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that was um, nice. That was kind of interesting on on Monday. Um, so I mean, I think obviously you could upgrade at point guard. Um, 
but again, I mean, the, the guy would really have to be able to shoot um, to make it make sense. And I don't think you want to go spend twenty five million dollars a year on, you know, freaking Jeff Teague or something like that. No, right? That that wouldn't make any sense. Um, shout out to George Hill. Uh, <laughs> at center, yeah, I mean, at center is just tough, right? And and I think you know, I think there was another question about do you would you want like Monroe to opt in or or you know, there's kind of all these questions like what what about Monroe given what, the way he's playing. Um, I, I don't know. I, the, I don't know if Greg Monroe is... I mean, if the Bucks can can be a playoff team, for instance, this year, uh, and Greg Monroe is consistently playing his 20 minutes and he's productive off the bench and that's just like his new thing, then then maybe he can be happy and maybe all that can work. Um, I, I still just feel like at some point that's, that catches up with you a bit defensively. Like, can you really be a top 10 defense with Monroe yeah. anchoring big chunk of your center minutes i don't know i mean, it just feels like there might be better solutions there especially if you bring middleton back and you're not having to run out those all bench lineups i mean you don't have to do it now kid just sort of does it and he's kind of been getting away with it for stretches and i don't know how we're you know sustainable that is but um but yeah i mean getting middleton back being able to kind of stagger the three guys rather than just two would help um but i think on general center i mean yeah like henson and Plumley are, are nothing special um, could you find, you know, can you, could you find one guy that you'd want to play 34 minutes rather than juggle, you know, 48 minutes between three centers? Mm-hmm. Um, that would be, that would be, you know, a consolidation type thing. So, um, but as far as like, which would be the best thing to add? I don't know. I mean, I think, I think center again is probably the one that is most unsettled that, that, that most obviously something has to happen. Yeah, and we'll kind of see what happens, and if you know, can Thon ever be an option there? We'll see. He he needs to be a lot stronger. Um, but uh, but yeah, interesting question, and I'm sure one we'll talk a lot about. Uh, especially, I don't know. I don't think we're going to talk about the trade deadline, but but I'm sure next summer we'll start to think about it a bit more. All right, we did it. Uh, we we finished off our mailbag. We started that earlier this week, and now we we've gotten through the second part of our mailbag. Uh, thank you for coming along on that journey with us. Uh, I'm obviously recording this before uh, before we find out what happens on Wednesday, um, but this was a fun experiment, and it went way longer than we thought. Weird, Frank. That never happens with us. Never. Uh, never. So <laughs> uh, we split this into two, and we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, the Bucks will be taking on the Atlanta Hawks tonight by the time this goes because it should go on friday uh so we'll see what happens in that one and if you think you have some idea of what's going to happen in that hawks bucks game you should head over to betdsi.com you can use the promo code that we have there that's bucks 10 b-u-c-k-s 10 again bucks 10 and that gets you a free wager at betdsi.com so if you if you think you know what's going to happen in that one go ahead over there and you know what if you get it wrong just come back at halftime, and you can figure it out. At uh, you can figure it out for the second half as well, because you can do that at BetDSI.com. So, as always, thanks for listening. For Frank Madden, I've been Eric Name. We'll talk to you later.